Now, after three years in Sedona at the eastern end of the Nullarbor Highway, you got a call to return to Sydney. Tell us about that. Well, we were invited back to the parish of Carlingford to be the rector there. The, the Archbishop of Sydney encouraged us to come back, so we ultimately did. We didn't see ourselves as long-term with VCA, so we did that term. Um, we came back and settled into, it was a lovely parish. It was set on a very big block of land. There was a very small church and uh, Carlingford was growing at those, one of those growing areas at that point. And the church was not big enough. And so we regularly would meet down in the church hall uh, because of the growing congregation. Uh, while we were there, um, we, I had an invitation to speak at a youth weekend in Cooparoo in Queensland. Uh, a minister from Sydney had gone up there as the assistant and he invited me to come up and we shared in a weekend ministering to the young people there and as a consequence of that, um, later when the um, the rector retired or moved on to another position, uh, I was invited to come and lead the parish in Brisbane. Um, the, the rector previously to me uh, was also a BCA. The man before that was a very um, startling <laughs> entrepreneur. Um, he was the first person to run a Wells campaign, which was a fundraising uh, program and in, in Brisbane and to launch it, they launched it in the Brisbane Town Hall and he invited Winifred Atwood out to play the piano. He was, a, he was an enterprising man and whenever the English football, uh, cricket team came out to Australia, because one of the members of the congregation played with the Australian team, he would invite both teams to, uh, to worship at St Stephen's at Cooparoo um, when they were here. Um, so that, that was an interesting period. He was followed by a man who'd been a leader in BCA and then I followed him. Um, now, while you were in Brisbane, you began to pull together some ideas that would lead to having a great effect on Wollongong. Who did you employ as a youth worker? And, t and tell us about your association with a young man named Rod Irvine. Okay. Well, while we were at Cooparoo, there was a young man uh, who was very active in the life of the church and worked in the public service. Um, I wanted someone to work with our youth, so I invited him to come and join us full time. That was, his name was Rod Story. He was a very enterprising and able man and still is today. He, um, he really pushed youth work along. He took himself off to the schools and made himself known to the children. He actually hired a shop in one of the shopping centres and turned it into a cafe. And the ladies from the church ran the cafe and he would invite kids to come after school and had quite a remarkable ministry amongst them. He was very effective and he went on to join the staff of Evangelism Explosion, which is a worldwide ministry. And he's one of the directors that that movement even today and has had a significant ministry and influence on people around the world. Um, he... It, it's hard, the numbers are startling, but the numbers of people who've made a profession of faith in Christ through evangelism explosion, both adults and children, is actually phenomenal. And a lot of that work is due to the work of Rod's story.
Um, also, there was a young couple in our congregation called Rod and Helen Irvine, and uh, they were a lovely couple, and Rod actually uh, entered the ministry, was ordained, then went back to teaching for a while, and then when there was a vacancy here at the parish of Fig Tree, um, Rod was invited and Helen and they came and they served uh, in this uh, ministry here in, in um, Wollongong and had a very effective ministry. They're a lovely couple. When he retired, uh, they went back to Brisbane. His wife uh, was a professor at the, uh, one of the Queensland universities. They're a great couple. They're now retired and we see them from time to time. But it was a great time there, and those were some of the fine people who were associated with it. Now, Ari, you must have been doing something rather marvellous up there to draw the eye of the Anglican hierarchy in Wollongong. So um, what happened uh, to bring you back? <laughs> I, I don't know about doing anything wonderful, but I, I was uh, encouraged to consider coming back to the parish of Wollongong. Um, and that was a bit of a challenge. I, we'd only been four or five years at Cooperoo and God had blessed the work wonderfully. And it's probably the hardest decision that we have ever made. We prayed and struggled over it. But in the end, we, we trusted it was, it was the guidance of God. We, um, we accepted the position to come down to St. Michael's Wollongong. And we came and we, uh, we ministered there. It was, uh, it was a significant change from a very big and busy church to something which was not so big and busy, but it was a great opportunity and we enjoyed our time there. Okay, and this is when Ken Short was uh, Bishop of Wollongong and was he, he, he was the one instrumental in bringing you down, was he? Yes, he used to say that Ken was like the leaning wall of pizza. He'd lean on you. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, um, yes, he was the bishop here and I came, he encouraged us to come to Wollongong and we did. Um, we were there for about three years and I could see that the work that Ken had to do, he was also bishop to the forces, um, was just too much for one man. So in a conversation with him, I suggested that the archbishop might appoint uh, an archdeacon to the area for him to assist him. And we also thought of another particular man in the diocese who was very able that the Archbishop might be prepared to act as a sort of a ministry consultant who could spend time with the parishes and encourage them in their work. Now the Archbishop of the day said Ken could have one person, not two, and he suggested that perhaps I ought to be that person. I thought about that for quite a while because it really wasn't a role that I'd necessarily considered. But in the end, uh, I took it up and um, well, I was uh, there for a period of time, both as the Archdeacon uh, for that Wollongong region and assisted Ken Short. And when Ken Short moved on, I was made the bishop there. Well, this would have been uh, around about the time when I first met you, say around about 1975, and I was a teacher at Wollongong High School. And I was new at this being a Christian thing, but I was very impressed by the way you spoke at chapel. 
In fact, I was impressed with all the good news I taught your son, Philip, in my mathematics class. So <laughs> tell us about the chapel that we used to uh, have it each morning at Wollongong High School. Well, I used to get a lot of coaching from that. The kids had to suffer the fact that their father was up front speaking, so I was told what not to do and what to do and what have you. But it was a, a great experience there. There were some, some very fine kids in that group. The headmaster of the day was very sympathetic and helpful. Um, and um, I got to know him quite well. So I enjoyed those times. It was a, a short 10-minute address, if I remember, at a, a gathering where the, most of the school was in the auditorium. Uh, if you didn't hold their attention, it could be a bit difficult, but I enjoyed that very much. There were some characters. I remember one particular minister, we used to call him the Lifesaver Guy. Do you remember him? <laughs> Uh, tell me about him. Oh, well, I, don't, I can't remember his name, but uh, he used to carry around a, a packet of lifesavers in his oh, pocket. right, okay. And, uh, you know, Jesus being yes. the lifesaver, well, and uh, he, he would start the conversation with, uh, have, would you like a lifesaver? That's and not then... bad. You remember that, so it must have been effective. <laughs> yes. Okay. Now, your role here as Archdeacon was assisting the clergy, and then next came the appointment as Bishop of Wollongong. This was the first time that uh, Wollongong actually had its own bishop, wasn't it? Yes, they used to be called the Bishop Inn and the Archbishop of the day, Donald Robinson, changed it to the, to the Bishop of. Um, and and that was, that was a, uh, for me, uh, a meaningful step insofar that I had, I, I felt that the, the work of the diocese of, people know anything about diocesan life. There's quite a lot of organisation goes into the centre of the diocese and the Senate of the Diocese and the Standing Committee um, are quite influential bodies. But I felt that the real story of the diocese was what happened in the local parishes. So I gave a lot of my time to spending time with the local clergy, helping them where I could to improve their ministry, to develop new ideas, I did a bit of study in that area for myself and um, tried to share with them so that the years that I was the assistant bishop here in Wollongong were for me very fulfilling years and I got to know the clergy and their wives and their families and have prayed for many of them as I've watched them go on uh, into other ministries and one or two of them have become bishops themselves. So that was, um, that was for me a very significant part of um, of my my life and a time of uh, some significant growth in church congregations yes there was that was true mm. now uh, coming back to more local issues can you tell us what was happening at fig tree anglican church in those days sure, yes well um it was it was a small building that still exists held by another uh, christian group up on the highway and it was it was no longer big enough to hold a congregation and Jim Hall who was the rector of the time together with um, a, a fellow called Stuart Piggin uh, who had a significant role both in the life of the church and in the wider life of the Christian cause here in Sydney um, they, they, were, they engineered in the end the purchase of the land on the present site and moved the building around uh, around onto that site. The Reverend Richard Andrews uh, had been a missionary in South America and he came back as the rector of the church and he he was nothing short of remarkable. Um, the 
evangelism explosion program that I'd been associated with and was associated with and in a sense still am, um, he took that training and took it seriously and I don't know that there's ever been in the history of that church such a significant growth of new people coming in having been one to faith in Christ uh, and that through Rich, through the minister that was Richard Andrew he visited assiduously particularly people who are wanting to have children baptised. The age range of the parish at that time was, was um, such that there are lots of young children. He did a remarkable job. Um, but when he left uh, and they were looking for a new minister, Rod Story suggested that Rod Irvine uh, might be someone we ought to consider. So uh, at that time he was act ordained, but he was acting as a school teacher in Brisbane and to cut a very long story short, he ultimately came down to be the minister at Fig Tree. Okay, so that's a bit unusual, rather unheard of for a minister to be plucked out of Queensland in the first place. And secondly, uh, he wasn't even a, a rector, he was a school teacher. So we, did you have a role in that? Yes, I did, uh, along with others. But uh, he had been ordained and he'd done a curacy in a Queensland parish. But he... He, he felt he didn't feel it was fulfilling and he then um, went back to teaching school at one of the leading schools in uh, girls schools in Brisbane but when this offer came he reconsidered all that and in the end was invited to come and came so it, it was a very big move for him and for Helen his wife but they really made uh, a wonderful job in building the church here at Fig Tree and it still bears the marks of their ministry. Well all good things come to an end and sometimes they go on to even better things. We're going to hear some more music and we're going to come back and find out what happened next in your life. <laughs> 